Hi, I'm Al, and this is CB Music Club. Welcome to CB Music Club and to CB Singles Club, where I'm joined by Nick. Hello. And by Will. Hello. And by Chris. Hello. CB Singles Club is where we pick some songs to listen to and to discuss from the new singles releases page at albumtheyear.org. And new in this case means released on or around the 24th of March 2021. So let's start with Will. What you got for us tonight, fella? It's a song called Reverie from a 17-year-old. He's a band called Dispirited Spirits, and he's actually called Rodrigo Diaz. And let's have a listen to it. Feeling Rodrigo apparently made this record from his bedroom and I think maybe he needs friends like an editor or a producer but that's the last hard thing I'm going to say about this song. Although it's over five minutes long I just thought it was very very good. The synth work into the acoustic guitar very good. It obviously nicked his dad's copy of Star Guitar by the Chemical Brothers because there's a lot of that influence in there but I don't mind I don't mind that and also the space hardware on the cover that's what drew me to it in the first place this is one of the better finds for me nice I'm glad to hear it Nick what's your view I really like this yeah uh, yeah I did do you know it reminded me slightly or I could hear super furry animals doing a slightly indie rockier version of this but it just really appealed I liked the uh, little bit at the end as well some nice space rock oh that's nice what about you, Chris? Are you going to crush a young man's dreams? <laughs> Would I? Yes. Would I, ever... well, <laughs> I thought it was all right. I didn't like the end bit. I thought the last minute just went on for far too long. I thought it was it was all right. It was singing along. It was quite bright. It built quite nicely. There was a kind of slight sort of euphoric tinge to it. I was getting a bit of um, Crystal Lake by Granddaddy and the kind of... Uh, keyboard work up and down. There's a word for that. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it was fine. Yeah, and he's a young lad, so obviously talented. Hopefully on to bigger and better things. Arpeggio is the word I think you're looking for. Arpeggio, yes, thank you, thank you. Well, Chris is the one who's got the grade three in keyboards. But it was a long time ago. So you should know that. I should know that, but I'm a bit rusty. I think I was 11, and that was a long time ago. A good five or six years, yeah. At least. Mm. At least. Well, I don't expect to like this. I think possibly because it's six minutes long, but it's really actually quite good. I'm surprised to hear that he's only 17. It's very mature mm. for someone so young. Yeah. There's a lot of good ideas in it, but some of the lyrics are a little bit clunky, I have to say. And that's maybe the one area where he is showing his age. Also, the word agonists. I'm not quite sure what that is. <laughs> I agree with Chris about the end bit with the big drums and um, with the big ducking compressor. I think that's just one change of style too many, quite frankly. And I think it's a real pity because the build-up beforehand is really, really good. And I just wish he'd actually kept that going a bit longer. But it's good. He's 17. Good lad. 17. Go for it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to follow what he's doing. 
Did any of you write any good songs when you were 17? I wrote most of my good stuff before the age of seven, actually. Uh, you were a child prodigy. <laughs> Been downhill ever since then. I'm not sure I'd written any songs at the age of 17. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a bit of a thumbs up all round, yeah? Yeah, definitely. No, I, yeah. I would, I'm going to go me. and investigate further. So that's The Spirit of Spirits and Reverie from the album Fragments of a Dying Star, which is released on the 2nd of yeah. April. Definitely worth checking out. So Chris, what you got for I us? Will be. I've gone for a band called Joy Wave and their tune called After Coffee for no reason other than I quite like the name and I quite liked the cover. It was a sort of classic sort of um, American dashboard looking out a window at a big long road. And it sounds a bit like this. I reached in the cupboard for sugar and Chris, what can you tell us about Joywave? A four-piece from Rochester in New York, formed in 2010. They seem to have supported a few decent bands since then, been on tour with The Killers and The Cold War Kids and a few others. Got a couple of albums out, three albums, I think, so they've been around. Never heard of them. I guess one of those bands that haven't made it across this side, or maybe they have and they're just too old. That was After Coffee and I thoroughly enjoyed it actually. I thought it barreled along quite nicely. It, it started very, very gently, took a beat, kicked in. I thought the chorus was fabulous, just really, 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 really hooked me in and was over and done within three and a half minutes. Didn't outstay its welcome. Nice and economical. Liked it. Cool. Will, what do you think? Very infectious rhythm, not dissimilar from Everybody Wants to Rule the World from Tears for Fears. But I say that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I liked it. I thought it was very well done, very well put together. I had a dream about Tears for Fears the other night. Did you really? Oh, tell us. <laughs> what kind of a dream? I dreamt the entire back catalogue of Tears for Fears, but a good two-thirds of it was a complete figment of my imagination. It began with them getting um, discovered on a sort of Britain's Got Talent kind of show, which had um, Bruno Brooks on the judging panel. Wow. And Tears for Fears were two guys and a woman, and they were very, very young, but they still had those very great 80s haircuts that they had in latter years. And then my dream just consisted of about 12 music videos of Tears of Fears in various ages, none of which were actually Tears of Fears videos or songs, but in my head it was Tears of Fears. I thought you were going to say that two-thirds of it was Sowing the Seeds of Love because that song never ends. That is a long song, isn't it? <laughs> that is a long song, yeah. But I would like to say, Chris, mm. that whatever it is you're taking, can you get me some? That's all right, isn't it? He probably yeah. got it from you, Will, I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what do you think? I didn't like this. No? This was... Millennial whining, as far as I can say. <laughs> say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah, you can't make a jump. Come on, get out of bed, you lazy <laughs> beggar. And I bet his coffee's complicated as well. Ooh, mine always is. <laughs> mm. But he's had the gumption to get up and make a song, isn't he? Which is more than we've done this last mm. twelve months. Hey, speak for yourself. Oh, my album's coming out in May. <laughs> <laughs> What did you think, Al? Well, when it started, those first couple of lines of vocals, I thought, oh, God, I'm going to hate this. Mm. I really didn't like his voice. But when the beat kicked in, it was quite unexpectedly upbeat and really quite infectious. It really made me think of Tears for Fears as well. It's got a real sort of songs in the big chair feel to it. It seems to me that the 80s are quite in vogue with the millennials mm. at the moment. 
as is whining. I think, though, if you're going to copy Tears for Fears, you should go for The Hurting rather than Songs of the Big Chair. But it's still a good album. Still had some good tracks on Songs of the Big Chair. Yeah. I think so. It had all their big beast tracks. Most of the big hits are on it, yeah. Not sowing the seeds of love, though. Well, they tried to sort of cash in on that second summer of love a bit, didn't they? And they went from rock kids with attitude to they grew their hair very long, which, I mean, their hair was ridiculous when it was short, but when it was really long, it just, it was just a very, he had a very long shaggy perm, I think, I seem to remember when they were doing Sowing the Seeds of Love. I'm pretty sure that Joy Wave don't have any hair problems. One of them's got a moustache, I saw. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to cut them a break, but... Whiny moustache. It's all right, isn't it? Well, again, the moustache is very much back in vogue, isn't it? I believe the moustaches are back in. I'm all right with that, although I wouldn't grow one myself for two reasons. One is that my facial hair just isn't very thick, and the other is that my top lip is absolutely enormous. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. So any moustache of mine would just be insanely huge. I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, I'd pay to see that. Well, if I could grow a sort of big, thick sort of handlebar affair, you know, I probably would. Have you tried? Oh, I've tried, but my facial hair just grow that thickly. It's really quite disappointing. Oh. There's probably some lotions that you can rub into it to bulk it up a bit, isn't it? I don't know. If any listeners have any suggestions, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> if you can help please. me improve my moustache, <laughs> I'm all ears. Anyway, three out of four thumbs up for Joywave. That's not bad, eh? Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I dug that. Oh, it was good. It had a happy energy to it. So, Nick, you're all full of criticism, so I hope you picked us something better. I'm <laughs> 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 not sure about that. I've got something by a band called Holy Hive called I Don't Envy Yesterdays. And I was drawn to this just because it was just a picture of three blokes on the cover. And it sort of said something to me about the Beastie Boys in their pomp. Uh, So that's why I chose it, but it doesn't sound like the Beastie Boys. Brooklyn-based session drummer uh, who's been going for a while since the early 2000s and he's actually he's played with Amy Winehouse, Bruno Mars, Jonas Brothers, Lady Gaga, people like that but he hooked up with a folk singer called Paul Spring and they jammed together, picked up a bass player and they're calling it Folk Soul as their first record. What was it really? Yeah, I quite liked this I must admit was nice, gentle, short, uh, rolled along. I quite like this kind of warped guitar line. Drums are really good as well. That was a big feel. I, like, I quite liked the falsetto as well. Yeah, I enjoyed this. What do you guys think? Yeah, this one's growing on me, actually. I didn't. I was a bit put off by his voice when I first heard it, but um, it's, it's got a lovely, lazy groove to mm. it. It just kind of drifts along. It doesn't really go anywhere, but I don't think it really has to. It's, I think it reminds me of some of that sort of late blur stuff that we were kind of touching upon on Think Tank. Mm. Mm. Kind of very, very sparse stuff. But yeah, I like it more each time I listen to it. Good one. Yeah, I hadn't thought about Think Tank, but now that you mention it, it is actually quite similar to it, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Will, what do you think? Well, I'm a sucker for a rim shot, so that drew me in straight away on the drums. I liked it a lot. 
I thought the guitar's very nice, really well put together song. I mean, it's not that easy to play at that speed and keep it together, I think, and they did it really well. One issue is the guy's voice. If you're going to sing falsetto like that, I think you've got to have a lot more control. But that is actually a good song. I thought it was all right. It's quite catchy. It's very lo-fi. I like that about mm. it. I like the sort of scratchy, wobbly guitar with a sort of heavy vibrato on it. I thought it parts, it sounded like it was a looped sample, but that might have been that, as you suggest, that wobble effect. The guitar sounded like it had been taken, looped, and then they were kind of drumming underneath that, but it may just have been that. It reminded me of Eels. I know that you like Eels mm -hmm. a great deal, Nick. I do. Would you say that's a valid comparison? I would say so, yeah. There was something a bit soulful about it as well. It actually reminded me of G-Love and Special Sauce. I don't know if you've ever come across that. Yeah, I have. A bit of that going on too. I liked its brevity as well. It didn't overstay its welcome, and I'd actually be happy if it had been like half a minute longer. I'd give that a thumbs up. I like that one. More than I thought. I did when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the same. It's yeah. a grower. Good work. And it's a very first record, you say, Nick. Yeah, although I think they're all experienced musicians. So. Yeah, even so. It's a good first effort. Mm -hmm. Well done. What have you got, Al? I have Lord Huron. Lord Huron. Yeah, Lord Huron. With a song called Mine Forever. Let's give it a listen. Should we be bowing as we listen? Yes. Described as an indie folk band. They're from Los Angeles and they are the brainchild of a man called Ben Schneider, who started off as a solo project that has since blossomed into a full band. The name inspired by Ben's childhood holidays to Lake Huron. Now, I'd never heard of Lord Huron. Had any of you ever heard of Lord Huron? No? Hmm. So this is becoming a recurring theme. They have a song called The Night We Met, which appears to have been in just about every single television programme that's ever been made. Not in our house. Well, it was a bit of a hit, and it's had over 700 million streams. Amazing. Never heard of them. So I've listened to this four or five times now, and I think it's a bit of a grower. I've liked it more each time I've listened to it. Actually, I found it a bit boring, I must admit, the first time uh, I listened to it, but it just gets better and better with every listen since. Of course, what I did like uh, was that sort of surfy guitar riff that repeats throughout the song. I thought um, you would. You know I like that sort of thing. I also really liked the vocals with a big reverb, which made it sit quite far back in the mix, which is quite unusual in this day and age. And that sort of reminded me of Lee Hazelwood, maybe uh, some of the stuff that Mark Lanigan and Isabel Campbell did a while back. Oh, right. My biggest downer on it was that bit towards the end where it stops and there's a little pause, but and when it comes back in, it just needed to be so much bigger. If that had like exploded into life with big drums and all, then I think I'd have completely loved this song. But, you know, it's pretty good effort. It was slightly evocative of sort of 60s soundtrack type sound. Yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris, what do you think? I've dug it more each time I've heard it. I think that's the third time I've heard it now. and Much the same, it washed over me the first time. A bit more interesting the second, but that time was I was thoroughly immersed in it. It had a kind of warm, fudgy sound to it and you know, very evocative of uh, late 50s 
60s, it's a, it's a very distinctive sound. It's not, a, it's not a now sound, is it? I liked it all, I liked the guy's voice. Went on a bit too long, but I, it, you know, there was enough of difference going on in the latter third for it to still stay interesting enough. Um, yeah, I dug it. Yeah, that's another thing with the repeated listens. I thought on the first listen it was far too long, but I, that last listen I really didn't think so. Mm. Will, what was your view? It reminded me a lot of um, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. It's a throwback, but enjoyable. Being a throwback, the bass line was way too simple and they could have brought it in between the 60s or wherever it came from to now if they'd have employed a better bass line to it. But having said that, I really enjoyed it. The standard instrument in that tune for me, and I don't know what it's called, but it's the stick and the bit of wood. What's it called? And you scrape the stick along the wood. Should we ask our percussionist, Nick? I can't remember what that's called. Is that a gear? <laughs> yes. Love that sound. Love that sound. That and the shaky egg, my two favourite instruments. Yeah, I love the shaky egg. Great sound. <laughs> Nick, I'd be surprised if you don't like this, but sometimes you are surprising. No, I like this. This is great. Being very evocative of the 60s, early 60s, bit of a West Coast vibe to it. But yeah, no, I liked it. You would have found it on a soundtrack. I don't know whether we're going for David Lynch or Quentin Tarantino, but it's very evocative of a period in time. So I think that's a thumbs up all round. Nice selection this week. Well done, everybody. It's going to be tough to pick a winner, I think, isn't it, out of this? And there's still one to come. Yeah, but before we move on, I should mention that that's Mind Forever, Lord Huron, is from a forthcoming album, which is out in May, which I don't know the title of, but be sure to check that one out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all that remains of this instalment then is Taylor Swift Corner. Taylor Swift Corner. No Taylor singles available at this precise moment, so next best thing we have is Lana Del Rey and her new single, White Dress. Like hate it but there's quite a lot I don't like about it I can't stand those breathy vocals uh, and it just all seems terribly self-satisfied to me but mm. well what do you think well I think the chorus was a little sub Kate Bush in the way she was trying to deliver it however this has grown on me although from the album chemtrails over the country club the title track is a much better track I didn't know you were a fan um, I'm kind of not, but I kind of did like this and I'm going to not say kind of again for a week now. The vocals and yeah, that breathy stuff, I don't really like either, but it is growing on me. That's the third time I've listened to it and it's kind of infectious. Chris, what's your view? I kind of liked this and I didn't feel like I should like it, but I did. I've never really worked out Lana Del Rey. I feel she's more actress than pop star. Everything she does seems to be a bit of a mini film. I mean, that video obviously was very cinematic and she seems to kind of recreate herself for every album, if not tune. I don't think there's a lot of um, sincerity in anything she writes. Maybe that's not a problem. Maybe I'm sure there's not a case of anything. But it's it's she seems to be putting on a part, playing a role. And uh, I think she does that very well. Her high-pitched, breathless voice was quite irritating. But then kind of made that second part of the song when it comes in stronger, a bit more entertaining for it 
And I kind of liked the way she was trying to cram in far too many words into that second line of the chorus. Oh, I didn't like that line. First time I heard it irritated me, but it's got its own rhythm within it and it is quite catchy now. As I say, I don't want to like it, but I do. I find it quite quite difficult to resist that one. I really didn't like that long line and that was forced in. And I, that's what I'm talking about when yeah. I'm saying that it seems a bit self-satisfied. It's like taking something that doesn't fit and sort of cramming it in. And it just seems a bit attention-seeking and childish, really. I don't know. It's found its way into my head and sunk its teeth into them, I'm afraid. But the song does seem to be about her early career before she was successful. Well, yeah, I'm not sure it is, though, is it? I think, again, it's this just it's a character that she's taken on and a story she's telling, but I'm, I'm not sure it's got anything to do with Lana Del Rey, whoever Lana Del Rey is. I don't think that's it. Oh, I don't know. From what I was reading earlier, um, I did a bit of research... Uh Um, it does appear that the song is at least somewhat biographical or autobiographical rather okay all right i'll take it all back i noticed that um jack antonoff who used to be in the band fun um they had a song that i liked i can't remember what it's called um i noticed that he is the co-writer and played all of the instruments on this everything except for the vocals it makes me wonder if she's maybe just fronting a musical project of his, um, which would kind of go along with what you were saying, Chris, about her being someone who just plays a role. Although that feels a bit unfair, a bit sexist to say that. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really quite interesting that one guy was kind of responsible for all the instruments um, and the production of it. Interesting that you're talking about Jack Antonoff, because there's your link back to Taylor Swift because they were collaborating on the album. That, do you remember we did the single? And most of the album had been written with Thingy Desner from The National, but Jack Antonoff, I think, had produced a couple of tracks on that as well. Six Degrees of Taylor Swift. So there you go. Swifty Corner. Mm-hmm. This, I don't believe her. It didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel sincere, even though, Al, you're saying it was. But Well, it, according to the internet. It just didn't come across that. And, and yeah, that, that rhyming dress with conference didn't work for me. <laughs> irritated me um, it felt like she was playing a part yeah well I don't really have a problem with that I mean I'm not that interested in pop stars and rock stars as people really but I suppose we expect the stuff that we like most has some authenticity to it that comes from the inner part of that person that's singing or playing yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be autobiographical does it the sentiment the emotion the themes oh no no the no. heart but they don't have to be writing about themselves they can just be writing about stuff that's well, tapped you, into there's there's a thing that uh, an artist can maybe cross a line and several of us think that she's crossed the line i think she's six parts actor and four parts pop star i think she puts on a role plays a character yeah authenticity is completely overrated i don't care if it's not authentic if the song is good it's showbiz isn't it it's not real that's right it's showbiz gov well yeah no i i don't have a problem with that i i agree Uh, i like a bit of showmanship but i'm not sure i like this I did like the bit where the drums start to get a bit louder and it all comes together. I started to enjoy it at that point, although still reservations about the vocal. But You'll still wake up singing it tomorrow morning there. So that's our five songs. So all that remains is for us to nominate our favourites. What do you think, Nick? What's your pick of the week? It's quite difficult. Do I go for Lord Huron or do I go for... I'm going for Dispirited Spirits and Reverie. Chris? Yeah, I wasn't expecting to, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go for Holy Hive. On third time and listening to them all, that was the one that I think has still got a lot more mileage in it for me. 
And Will? I'm going to go for Reverie by uh, Dispirited Spirits too. And not because he's 17 and very clever. I actually <laughs> really did like the song. What you got, Al? Oh, I can't decide. I'm kind of leaning towards Dispirited Spirits as well. I'm not sure it's the best song, but it is the most ambitious of the bunch. And it is wrong to go on about how he's only 17 and like we're giving him just a little pat in the head. But yeah, I mean, he yeah. is only 17 and he's shown a lot of skill and a lot of ambition. It's not an unqualified success, but it is impressive. So, yep, I'm going to pick that. Good. I'm not patting his head. I'm ruffling his hair. I'm kicking him up the ass. <laughs> I prefer Hurley High. Ash had three albums out by the time they were his age. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is really a buck yeah. of his ideas. <laughs> this guy's a loafer. <laughs> So well done, Dispirited Spirits, our pick of the week. And thank you guys for your marvellous contributions as always. A reminder that there is, as always, a playlist to go along with the episode featuring all the songs we've talked about and pretty much everything we've touched on that you can find on Spotify and on YouTube. Just search for CB Music Club. And we're also on Instagram, CB Music Club again. We'll be back in about a week's time when we'll be talking about R.E.M.'s 1988 album, Green. So, till then, take care, farewell. See you in the 80s. See you in the 80s. Bye-bye.